Welcome to everyone watching on Facebook Live, Instagram Live or Catch Up, watching on YouTube and everyone listening on podcast. All of the real people in the real hall want to welcome the real people watching online. Let's give them a round of applause. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Denise and I were here yesterday and we came to join in with what God was doing with Tribe. It really was so encouraging, it was powerful to see 50 teenagers on their knees, weeping before God. It's powerful. But they that sow in tears will reap with joy. And they ended, I don't know, I must be a teenager at heart. There was a big moshing thing here and there was 50 odd teenagers jumping and dancing before God to the worship, and I, I had to join in, so. I am now an honorary teenager, hallelujah. But it was really powerful. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do was to just anoint them with oil, and I just felt that God said, just pour the oil over their heads. So if you're a parent of a teenager, and all their clothes are full of oil, and they're still smelling, this bottle was full. Yeah. Yeah. It's only a little dribble. Yeah. But we did give them a choice, and I think almost everyone wanted it. But it was like an outward symbol of what was going on in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. At the 10 o'clock, because they're down in Tribe Youth Church now, Darren just shared, they're not the church of the future, they're the church now. Hallelujah. The future of the church is in good hands. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you. Some of those kids, some of those young lads, I was talking to them, I, I, they put me to shame. The fire in their hearts, hallelujah. But I shared this prophetic word, if you will, with them, and I feel I'm, I need to share it as well, just as I start. And the word is a strange one, because it was a memory from my childhood. And as a child, my brother and sister and I, when we were small, some of the older kids in the park we grew up in, Nuns Walk, not too far from here, used to frighten us and tell us about a thing called the Boogeyman. And the Boogeyman wasn't Boogie Baby, he was, uh, he was a monster. And they used to tell us, he's going to climb in the window tonight and get you. Or maybe the Boogeyman is under your bed and he'll come out and get you. So I remember the three of us being frightened and this happened a few times, but this is my memory. My mother would come up to us, I'm going to put down the microphone, and she'd come up to us and she would take our little faces into our, our hands and she would hold each of our faces just like that and she would go, shh, you're safe. You're safe. Shh. And it's as if God was saying, and I believe it's true for some here, your head is loud. It's so busy with all kinds of thoughts that are really not true. Like the monster under the bed. The evil one will fill our heads with lies. And the culture is full of lies. And God is saying, shh. You're safe. You're safe. 
And it's almost like when we empty ourselves before God, he will fill us with something far better. I, years ago as a teenager, I got into Eastern religion. I dabbled in meditation and all of that. And the whole thing was about emptying your mind. And we, th we were taught back then that just have an empty mind. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says have a mind that is full with the glory of God, with the praises of God, with the things of God. We fill our lives and our minds. We don't empty them. We empty them before him, but so that he can fill it. Hallelujah. And that's what I want to talk about today, because the God I know is a God who takes something where there was nothing, or to use the old Latin phrase, ex nihilo, or nilo. He takes that which was nothing, and out of that he makes something wonderful. We see it all over the Bible. I challenge anyone here, theologically, I'll fight you. If you can tell me I'm wrong, because right throughout the Bible, right from the beginning of time, to the end of time. What do we see? God taking that which was nothing and turning it into something wonderful. What I've seen in my own life is again and again, where there was nothing, God makes something wonderful. Nature itself will tell you the same. And all through nature, we're told of nothing becoming something. So I'm here today to, perhaps I'm a voice in the wilderness, perhaps I'm the only one saying it, but I don't care, I'll be the voice in the wilderness, because the culture says no, but God says yes. Amen. And I want to give you hope today. I want to instill a little bit of faith today. I want to be like the old billows that you could do that like an accordion and it would bring air into the fire to get the fire going. The draft to give the fire flame. I want to do that today but I want to do it biblically and so I pray in Jesus name whatever is of me would be forgotten straight away but that which is from you oh God let it take root in our hearts and build our faith up, our most holy faith. When the world tries to tell us something else, we want to go with what you say. Amen. Come Holy Spirit Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Right at the beginning of time we read, you know this, Genesis 1-2, the earth was barren, empty, and darkness was over the raging ocean. So this planet that you and I are on was barren, was empty, and it was darkness. If you look at the Hebrew words, the two Hebrew words that are used here are tohu and bohu. Now it's not tofu, it's tohu. Anybody here eat tofu? Oh, wow. John, John Walsh, do you eat tofu? Aren't you the healthy fella? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I asked the 10 o'clock crowd, nobody eats tofu, but there's a good few hands went up. Anyway, we're not talking about tofu. Tohu and bohu, there's a poetry about it. What do they mean? Barren and empty, that's what it means. And there was nothing other than barrenness or emptiness. In French, it's called rien. Say rien. rien. Very good. Ooh, ooh la la. In Spanish, it's nada. 
Who say nada? In Irish, the language of my heart, we say fiach. Say it again. Very good. And in German, you say mich. I think you're getting the message. Tohu and bohu, nothing. The earth that we are enjoying, the food we're eating, the air we're breathing, the sun when it comes out, the rain when it often comes, it is a blessing. But the earth had nothing. However, one of the words that nobody ever talks about in the Bible is the word but. And when you see but God, or but the Spirit of God, you know something, because we're told at the end of verse two, but the Spirit of God was moving over the waters. Some versions say he was brooding. He was hovering over the waters. Once I was on my own, I was a single guy. I wasn't connected to anyone. And even though I wasn't a Christian, I can remember one night in 1977 in St. Francis Hall on Shear Street, probably the most stunning girl I ever saw walked in. And even though neither Denise or I were believers at the time, I know the Spirit of God was moving. And the Spirit of God orchestrated events so that we saw each other. Well, I saw you anyway, Denise, across the crowded hall. And we connected, and we fell in love. And out of nothing, the guy on his own joins and becomes married. And so where once there was only one, then there were two. But out of nothing, just out of the Holy Spirit orchestrating events, so that we met. And then a couple of years after we were married, I'll always remember walking down Vickers Road in Toker. And as I was walking home from work, I got a, a longing in my heart. And I didn't know Denise had something similar at the same time, that we would have children. And then out of nothing, two became four. Amen. Hallelujah. You came out of nothing. Some of you are going, that's not true. Yes, it is. You and I, we came out of nothing. So I was on my own, and God raised up Denise, and one became two, and then out of nothing, two became four. And then, I always remembered it, not quite seven years ago, I was in the garden, I was praying and reading the Bible on a sunny day, and I was in the garden, and I knew that I knew there was going to be our first grandchild born. No one said anything. I know the Holy Spirit spoke. I know it as he's listening. I know it. Nine months later, about three months later, we were told there was a baby coming. I remember saying to Denise, there's a baby, didn't I? Yeah. There's a baby going to be born. And then our first grandchild was born. And so then the four became currently seven. Out of nothing. Out of nothing. Once there was no Grace Christian Church. Nada. Rien. Fiac. Nichts. There was nothing. And then 11 friends. There's Joseph down there. Joseph was one of them. Do you remember sitting in that little circle, Joseph? Out in the ICA Hall in Douglas. Seven of us 
I think it was January 97. Eleven friends sat with a bit of fear, but a lot of faith. And out of nothing, out of nothing, a church was born. Carl, you were there as well. We didn't really want it, but God just closed doors. Oh my goodness, did he close doors? And he opened doors. And so we found ourselves, out of nothing, a church community was born. And then the 11 friends, and that grew to a church of a thousand, out of nothing originally. Once we had no physical home, we were meeting in halls and community centres and school halls. And I can remember the winter time over in Deer Park School, and you would be frozen. Who can say amen if you remember? Oh God, a lot of you do. It was freezing. How often I remember a couple of mornings the heat broke down. They had an old boiler, and so we got everyone. We never danced before the Lord so much. But we had no building. And we said, as the church was growing, we have to get a building. And we looked out, and it was just bohu and tohu. It was barren. I remember we went to see warehouses, and when we go to the city council about getting a planning permission for a church to meet where there was a warehouse, we were told, no way, Jose. It was like there was a bias against people of faith. They would rather boxes be stored in a building than for people's lives to be changed for the better. So there was no, it was barren. And I can remember, and Comrade, you and I did a lot of searching, and we looked out, and it seemed impossible. And then out of nothing, when I was at a pastor's retreat up in Belfast, a lovely old Christian man, a missionary from many years ago came up to me, Gary Davidson was his name, and he said, we have a building in Cork, the church there is going to close, would you be interested? You could have knocked me with a feather, out of nothing, out of nothing. And then when we decided to lease the building and take it over, we went and we looked at it and we said, oh my goodness, we're going to have to demolish the whole thing other than the shell. And we don't have the money. But I remember one evening walking in here, I got the key and I walked around and the place, there were squatters here, it was filthy, it was, it was destroyed. But I remember walking around and I knew the Spirit of God was saying, yes. My mind said no, but I believe the Spirit of God said yes. And so we raised over a million euro Who'll say hallelujah? Amen. Out of nothing. When we started as a church, one of the guys had made a tiny little wooden offering box. And we said, that's all our belongings. We, have no, we had no money. We had nothing. But out of nothing, God provided the funding. God will provide a way in your life. If you are looking out over your relationship and it's barren, God will make a way. Hallelujah. If you're looking at a doctor's report, yes, I know sometimes bad things happen to Christians. Yes, I know we live in a fallen world and we're not immune. But I also know, and it is also written, that God's tendency is to bless, is to heal, is to deliver, is to prosper. That's his tendency. We can't command him, but we can ask him. 
And if you have a health issue, or you have a family problem, or you can't find a home in the housing crisis, or you can't pay the bill. We got our electricity bill the other day. Whoa, ja December, January. One of the worst bills you get for electricity. And you're saying, how am I going to pay it? It looks barren. It looks empty. It seems impossible. But the Spirit of God was hovering and moving over the barrenness over the emptiness. This is the God I know. This is the God I see again and again in the Bible. And I fight you if you tell me different because I can't see it in the Bible. And I spent 43 years reading it again and again. And this is what we see in nature. Again and again. You plant a seed in the ground and it dies. And then out of nothing, something grows. First in the physical, then in the spiritual. When you look out over a barren area of your life or the life of someone you love, I love this old proverb, better to light a candle than curse the darkness. So many Christians get frozen in time, trapped in a loop. And it's like, I have never had a successful relationship, let's say. I have never been able to maintain a good friendship. I have never been able to pass those exams. I have never been able to have health in my life. And you can write all the rest of it. Do you know what you do? You take the first step. Mike gave a great word a couple of weeks ago about Abraham camped between um, I and uh, Bethel, the house of God or the tent of destruction, wasn't it? Heap of ruins. The heap of ruins. And he was there between the two. Mm. Now you and I can go to the heap of ruins if we want. There you go. I'm not going to stop you. But I'll tell you this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we are going to Bethel. Hallelujah. And so you take the first step. And then the next step. And before you know it, you're going in the right direction. You're going in the right direction. Once we were no people, once there was no Grace Christian Church, but now we are the people of God. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2.10. This is a photograph of some of us at a, a Christmas volunteer party there in December. We had a great night, didn't we? Yeah. Isn't that a great night, Carol? Hallelujah. Once we were no people, once we didn't know each other. Now you might go, and I'm going to keep it that way. Hallelujah, yeah. that's grand. But for most of us, you're a blessing to me. Amen. You're a blessing to me and Denise. Amen. Thank you, my darling. 50 euro on the way for you, Kay. <laughs> when we were with those 50 odd teenagers, we were going, oh my goodness, those parents did something right to see all those kids weeping before God, rejoicing before God. We bless each other. Amen. Out of nothing, friendships are developed. Out of nothing, families come. Mm. I always think, talking about families, of a girl who in, got an inheritance and her father was one of the heroes of the children of Israel. Caleb was his name. And there were only two who were not rebellious. A bit like Noah. Noah wasn't rebellious, but the generation he grew up in was. If you study generations, I find it fascinating. You'll see every now and again, you'll get a generation that will do everything they can to rebel against God's order. 
Here's a hint, we're living through one. Society is telling lies and people are destroying even their physical bodies because of a lie. And you know what? The emperor has no clothes. Anyway, I won't go down that road. I won't go down that road. But what we read is that this Caleb and Joshua were the only two of their generation who were not rebellious. They believed what God promised to you. This was the promise of God. There's the promised land. You will inherit it. And all the generation moaned and grumbled. And God said, okay, you can die in your wilderness. You and I can die in the wilderness. It's our call. Do you know what? I'm going to believe God. And if there's only a handful of us, that's okay. We're going to believe what God said. Because he's never let me down. He won't fail. He won't fail. Hallelujah. Rain came, wind blew. <laughs> he didn't let us down. And this girl got an inheritance. And I'm personally, I don't have a Bible verse for it, but I'm really convinced there was something more going on. Caleb gave her an inheritance of desert. It was the Negev. And she says, since you've given me land in the Negev, will you give me also springs of water? It was the desert. <laughs> So he gave her both the upper springs and the lower springs. Did you know, in the 50s and 60s, the Israeli government were giving out free land, free, in the Negev Desert, which is the south of Israel, the triangle bit. And it was very hard to get anyone to live there. You know why? Because there was no life there. There was no water. People didn't live there. They couldn't even give it away for free. And that's what this girl got. She got an inheritance of sand in her mouth and her ears and her eyes. But I think Caleb must have been testing her because she went back to her dad and she said, will you give me also springs of water? Will you give me springs of water? And he gave her both the upper springs and the lower springs. And symbolically, it means a lot of different things. One of them, the upper springs, means mental health. The lower springs means emotional health. It means all things. But if you're lacking, would you go to the Father? Amen. Amen. And will you just curse the darkness? Amen. Some of us are. Some of us are just cursing the darkness. I ask you the question, if she hadn't asked, mm. if she had stayed silent, mm. she'd still have sand in her mouth. Mm. God wants to empty the sand out of your mouth. Because yes. that's not his promise for you. And it's all about soil, isn't it? We're told in Galatians 6, 7, we reap what we sow. And if we sow into the soil God has given us, then we will reap. And we can work hard at our job, hallelujah, and we can get loads of degrees, hallelujah. I promise you this, and I don't care who is mad angry with me. Whatever you do in this life is going to be gone. What you sow into the kingdom of God will last forever. For you, for your children, and your children's children. Are you cursing your kids? Because God is just an occasional hobby. Shame on you. Shame on you. I mean it. Wake up. God has something far better for you. Amen. Hallelujah for jobs and degrees. They're all great. Hallelujah for houses and cars. It's wonderful. We work hard. God blesses us. But seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. All of that will be added. Amen. 
all of that will be added. Sow into the soil. Here's the thing though, what's your soil? As a 10-year-old boy, my dad said, you're old enough now if you want to go down in the summertime and work on uh, your grandparents' farm for a week or two, and you might go, work, but I loved it. And I remember going down to my granddad in Ballonine, Tom Burke was his name as well, and the soil they had was really fertile. It was the Bandon Valley. That's a rich finger of very fertile land going through West Cork. And I can remember kneeling down and my granddad said, today we're going to thin beat. I said, all right, whatever that is like, sounds great. So I said, okay, let's thin beat. I didn't realize it was kneeling down and picking up weeds, oh my God. But I remember kneeling down, I remember being fascinated at the soil. I've always had a thing about soil. It was dark and it was free moving and it was so fertile. But then the week after, I'd go to my mother's father, who was about 10 kilometers away, Grandam Murray, Michael Murray. But when I'd go to his farm, the, the land was terrible because it was like a, it was a bog land, marshland. It was very hard to grow anything. And some of us have a fertile soil thing going on in our lives right now. God is blessing us. Hallelujah. But everyone has a field that's very boggy or very stony. And some of us have a lot of that and very little fertile soil. So do we curse the darkness or do we light a candle? I put it to you that you can change your soil. Just as physically you can get compost or fertilizer and you can enrich in the soil, so spiritually we can enrich in our soil. I don't know how to do that. Here's the first clue, pray. Yes. Prayer moves mountains. Yes. And it moves rocky soil. Yes. Hallelujah. And it takes away excess water because if you had no water, like Akish said, would you give me also springs of water? And he gave her a double blessing. Because she asked. She asked. Change your soil, pray. Surround yourself with people who are wise and godly so that the voices you listen to will help you improve the soil that you are planted in. Because in all through the Bible, the analogy and the symbolism is the same again and again. The soil, the seed, remember it fell on rocky soil, it fell on good soil, all of this. The analogy is you are planted somewhere. Some of you were born thousands of kilometers away. But God always had it in his plan to take you up and plant you here. That's right. Amen. It is no accident. God doesn't do accidents. It's always been part of his plan. And you might say, oh, I'm here forever. That's because God wanted you here forever. Like me, you were born here. This is where God has called us. But we're planted. We're planted again and again. And so we can change the soil as best we can. Look at this, time is against me. The Egyptians, you know the story, the Israelites were slaves. And we're told that the Egyptians ruthlessly made the Israelites work as slaves. So much so that their lives became bitter. There was a bitterness in my life before I came to know Jesus. It wasn't that you could look on the outside and things were fine, but there was a bitterness 
from the point of view is I knew again and again something major is missing. It wasn't until I found the Lord that that empty vacuum began to be filled and it's God shaped. And no amount of fun or money or success will fill it. Only he can fill it. Would anyone say amen? Yes. But they were ruthlessly uh, made as slaves and their lives were bitter. So what was going on? It's a bit like your mobile phone and your phone is down to 1%. It's about to die. That's the way they were. Their lives, they had nothing. But then, just like when you charge your phone, it goes up to 100% if you charge it that high. They went from nothing to a great blessing because they had nothing. Listen to this for your life. Listen to this next verse because maybe God is prophesying it to you. Because sometimes verses in the Bible come alive and we know God is speaking to us. What do we see? When the Israelites were finally, you know the story, all of the, all of the plagues were told. The Israelites, before they left, they asked the Egyptians for gold, silver, clothing before they left. And because the Lord had given them favor in the eyes of the Egyptians, the Egyptians let them have what they asked for. Out of nothing, God blessed them abundantly with gold and silver and clothing, symbolic of divine blessing, symbolic of salvation, symbolic of protection and provision. But they asked the Egyptians. Mm. Now you might say, you see, the Egyptians had all the plagues. They couldn't wait to get rid of the Israelites. And you might think that the Israelites, because they were slaves, they couldn't wait to run out of there. But they had the presence of mind that you and I are called to have. And they went and they asked. Mm. I remember I worked with a really nice girl. She came to the Lord shortly after I did in work 40 years ago. And she was in a very difficult situation with our employer. There wasn't half the employment rights then as there were now. And she really was bullied a lot. It was horrific to see. And she was kind of caught in the trap and she prayed and she prayed. And do you know what? She was offered voluntary redundancy. And when she, she was delighted because it meant she could leave without any tarnish. But one day when we were having coffee in a coffee break and work, she shared the scripture and she said, God has spoken to me. So she went through the trade union and she asked for a generous redundancy sum. And initially they said no, but she knew God had spoken to her through this. And so she went back and she asked again, guess what happened? She got an outrageously, outrageously generous redundancy figure. Yeah. Why? Amen. Because she asked. Because she asked. Because she didn't take no for an answer. Why? She wasn't a brazen person. She wasn't in your face. She was actually a quiet person. But I tell you, she had a confidence that came from the Holy Spirit on this issue. And just like the Egyptians, out of nothing, God blessed them abundantly. I shared this during our week of prayer and fasting on that great night we had on the uh, prayer station's first Friday night. You do not have... You do not have because you do not ask. Here's, what I, here's the trap I fall into and I struggle with sometimes. I don't ask God. Do you know why I say, well, God, you know that. You know I need that. 
Uh, 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 uh. Wrong. It's not that God doesn't know. Before we even say a prayer, God knows what we need. But he wants you and me to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. And that we would know that without him, we're nothing. Without God's blessing, we can't do it. And if you think, oh, I can do it without God, okay. Good luck with that one. I know I can't do it without God. And God wants us to ask because we humble ourselves and it puts us in the right frame of mind. So you do not have because you do not ask. And I believe that there are people here and you're looking out at a barren area of your life. I remember looking out over County Tipperary in the early 80s when I would travel there with work. There wasn't a Christian or a church or nothing. Actually, Dennis, you're from Clanmel, aren't you? You probably remember those days. But I remember looking out and there was nothing. And then churches began to spring up all over. Out of nothing, God created something. Hallelujah. And some of us don't have because we don't ask. Or, and this is where a lot of Christians get tripped up. That verse finishes off in verse 3. And James says, or when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong and you want only what will give you pleasure. Oh God, give me the third holiday in Spain this year. Oh God, I need a really shiny red, middle-aged man, red car that's brand new. I don't know what you want. There's nothing wrong with the holidays. There's nothing wrong with shiny cars. There's nothing wrong with a room with a view. You work hard. God blesses you. We're going to cheer you on. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, gosh. I want all the Irish people to say amen. Amen. Don't be a begrudger. It's a curse in our culture. We bless those. But when we pray, pray with the right motive. Are you praying for salvation for your children? If you're not, shame on you. You should be. Are you doing everything you can to make sure they're going on with God? That should be your number one priority. Oh, well, I've my career. I'll tell you something. Your career will be forgotten. But when your children live on, if they're not walking with God, they're at such a disadvantage. The glory will die. There was a guy in the Bible called Ichabod. And you know what that means? The glory has departed. He would keep on doing, this is in the Old Testament, religious stuff, but there was no life in it. There was no Holy Spirit moving. It was dead. If you're praying for salvation, that's a noble prayer. If you don't have a home, if you don't have a roof over your head, and I was talking to someone who had that earlier this morning, that's a noble prayer. If you can't pay your electricity bill and you're saying, God, where is it going to come from? That is a noble prayer. If you're sick or someone you love is sick and you're praying for healing, he is the God of healing. That is a a noble prayer. Don't get stuck up on this part of the verse because you think you've got a wrong motive. Most of the prayers are great prayers. Hallelujah. Therefore, we come with boldness into the throne of God. And you and I do not need the blood of bulls and goats like the old Jews did to come into God's presence because we have the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you know what I was praying this morning? I was saying, I was praying this morning for, for the church and for meeting here. I do it every Sunday morning. And I said, God, I am so unworthy. 
And I just felt the Holy Spirit lead me in prayer. You can have prophetic prayers, just yourself. And I know God led me. And I just said, God, I have no right to stand before you. My prayers don't deserve to be heard, not to mind answered. But I stand on the bloodstained ground of Calvary. And under the blood, I pray. Under the blood, I claim. Under the blood, I move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray like that, brothers and sisters. Pray like that. Have a bit of faith. Here's one final aspect that I want to share today. And it's simply this. When God begins to bless you, when you're bohu and tohu, your barrenness and your emptiness, and because of your prayers, and because you surround yourselves with Christians who love you and are for you and are wise, and you're not some nutcase on your own who won't listen to anyone, you need a second opinion. Mm -hmm. I need a second opinion. I need Denise to, to give me the right opinion. I need Michael to tell me the right opinion and others. We need that. Yeah. And if you think you don't, with the deepest of respect, you do. You do. Yeah. There's no human being who is infallible with the greatest respect to anyone who is Catholic. There is no infallible Pope who will say amen. 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 We are all frail and weak. Amen. Every human being yeah. is weak. And every human being needs the second opinion, needs wise counsel. Don't buy the lie out there that says you can do it on your own. Oh, no, you can't. The, the world, Ireland, is more and more just me on my own with my screen. And what do we see parallel to that? Rising depression, rising addiction, rising suicide. Why? Because people are moving away from God's ways. And when we move away from God, we move away from blessing. When community breaks down, people break down. We need one another. I don't mean culty, I don't mean controlling, but I do mean blessing. Amen? One more thing. When God blesses you and you see your barren field and you see your soil begin to change and become fertile, it doesn't stop with you. And here's great hope. Mm -hmm. It's not just that God blesses you. He then uses you to bless others. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. One of my favorite verses in scripture is when Jacob, an old man, prophesied over all his children. If you've got kids and you know your time is up, pray over them. Prophesy over them. Listen to God. Oh, you've got to be a man. No, you're their dad. You're their mom prophesy over them. So Jacob prophesied over big mature hairy men and he went over his 12 sons and over one of his sons Joseph that was the cool guy with the cool coat multicolored coat you know that guy and he comes up to him and he prophesies this Joseph is like a fruitful vine planted by a well whose branches climb over a wall and they knew in that dry country that if something was planted near water, it would grow. But not only would it grow, it would thrive. Mm -hmm. And the fruit would grow over the wall. You see, they would build a wall around the vineyard to keep the fruit in. But sometimes, such was the fertility, it would grow over the wall. And the guy next door got some of the grapes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be around people who God is blessing. 
Napoleon, the great general, once said, what kind of generals do you like? And Napoleon said, lucky generals. <laughs> we don't need luck, we need the blessing of God. God blesses you. If you ask God to come, as you look over that barren part of your life or the life of someone you love, not only will you be blessed, others will be blessed. And what happened to Joseph? He actually got a double blessing because both his sons, unique among the 12 brothers, Ephraim and Manasseh, became two of the 12 tribes. And you can see it open up any map of the Bible. Ephraim and Manasseh and his two sons became the future. Your children are the future. Your grandchildren, God wants to move on them. That's why the money you give here, we pour into things like our teenage work. Why? Because we're building for the future. Amen. We're not just having a good old time. We are. But it's more than that. Amen. So brothers and sisters, God is blessing you. God is going to bless others. Amen. And that's what we're going to pray for. So we're simply going to pray in a moment that for everyone who's got a barrenness, in their lives somewhere, or someone we love is in a barren place. We're going to pray, and we're going to do what the Bible says. We're going to ask, and we're going to take the first step in the journey. Will you stand with me? Brothers, sisters, and there is no other gender, it's just brothers and sisters here. Who will say amen? amen. Hallelujah. We're going to sing that beautiful song that we began with there. He turns graves into gardens. Barren grave, he turns bones into armies, Ezekiel. They were dry, dead bones, but the Spirit of God moved upon that dead carcass and it became alive. He added flesh, he added muscle and sinews, and that's what he does in our lives. Socha, let's sing it and then we'll pray. Hallelujah. Can I get a deep?
out there, there is self-help. There are many good things. God has not created us in a vacuum. But Peter turned to Jesus one day, and Jesus said, do you want to leave me too? Disciples of left is actually verse 666, the verse I can't remember the book, it's Matthew, Matthew. What Peter did not say to him is, you alone have the words of comfort. You alone have the words of community. You alone have the words of success. He said, you alone have the words of eternal life. So this morning, and I know sometimes myself, I wake up on a Sunday, you look and you say, no, no, I can go for a run, or we can go out to the country, and you might, get, you might feel God out there, but if you were coming here this morning and thinking you can get all of this, or get something like this somewhere else, that's right, that's correct, but you can only get eternal life from Jesus Christ. That is the absolute difference between him and other religions, and all the other things we need and can get in life outside of church or outside of a relationship with him, but he alone is a word of eternal life. Don't let that pass. That's what you need to go for. Do you want to be part of his community when eventually we go to heaven? Do you want to, do you want to be saved? Do you want to live forever? He alone is the words of eternal life. Amen. Well done, Joseph. God bless you. Amen. Honesty time. Humble time. True time. Is there a barren area in your life somewhere? Or is in the life of someone you love. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if that's you, because you're here to pray today, either for yourself or for someone you care for. Whoa. And see the hands going up. Everyone at some stage has a barrenness somewhere, but it serves a purpose because God wants to turn the desert and make it blossom like a rose. So I'm gonna invite you up as we sing the song again to come up and pray at the top because we want the Holy Spirit to move here. We ain't done yet, the lunch can wait. Give it another five minutes. Let's give the time to God. Let's come up and we pray, hallelujah. desert with sand maybe in your throat or in your loved one's throat would you lift your hands to heaven and as you lift them up we're going to pray oh God would you give us also springs of water 
the upper springs and the lower springs. We pray the Egyptians would we would find favor in their eyes and that they would bless us because it's you ultimately who are blessing us are blessing the one we love. So as I move my hand by faith across everyone here, Arokashira dada mamalo sura mamama dada men ilaba dada boshika mamamo. Just talk to God in tongues. Ilaba babura misika dada boshika dada mukhoro dada man ilaba bababa pura I pray by faith that God would release his blessing. It doesn't matter whether we have five talents or two talents. Both were blessed with a double blessing. And so I pray now, O oh God, that you would hear our prayers for some of us for the first time on this. And we pray, God, out of nothing would you make something wonderful. To the one who is lonely, would you raise up someone to be with them? To the one who wants another generation, oh God, out of nothing, make that happen. To the one who is without a home, oh God, would you provide shelter who will say amen. To the one struggling financially, oh God, be Jehovah Jireh in their situation. The God who provides. To the one who is sick, we pray healing. To the addicted, to the depressed, to the suicidal, we pray deliverance in Jesus' name. Hear our prayer now, God, and we leave and we cast our anxiety over to you because you care for us. Hallelujah. There's a chair here. And I stood in it just a moment ago. And I believe God is saying to some here, Ethan, I believe God is saying to you, stand on the chair. Are you up for it? Do you know why he's saying that? Are we okay with this? Okay, if you're not, that's tough. Turn around, face, face the people. Here's a young man, just came to faith just about a year ago, Ethan, was it? There, thereabouts. And Ethan, like me, came from nothing. God is blessing his life. He's healing him. He's delivering him. So Lord, I just pray. Would you just lift a hand forward towards Ethan? I pray that Ethan would be one of many. That he would be an example that as you have lifted him out of the pit like you lifted me, I pray, oh God, that Ethan and many others like him would be lifted up, oh God, and he would be one of tens of thousands across Cork across Munster in Ireland that would say Jesus is my Lord the Bible is my guide and I will listen to God rather than to the so-called wisdom of man so Lord just as Ethan has lifted you up in his life I pray you would lift him up and that you would bless his future in Jesus' mighty name, the people of God said, Amen. Amen. You can go down, Ethan. Someone else. I'm not going to call your name. Someone else is going to climb up in this chair. And we're going to pray a blessing over you. If you know that's you, that's it. Praise God. Well done. 
Hallelujah. She's taken off her shoes. Oh, she's like Moses. This is Evelyn. This is Evelyn. Say hi, Evelyn. Hi. Evelyn, lift your hands up to God. We're going to pray, pray the blessing. Even as you came from Sierra Leone, Evelyn, even as you didn't know what was happening, God had it all worked out. And even though there were times when it was hard to make it out, you had the spirituality and the maturity to hand it over to God. And so as you have exalted God in your personal circumstances, we pray God would lift you up. God would give you favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. May every Egyptian who sees you favor for you because they are partially afraid of the God you serve and partially they admire the way you're walking. So we pray God would lift you up and that all who see you would see something of Jesus. This is our prayer in Jesus' name and the people of God said. One more, one more. Gabrielle, you're up like a shot. This is Gabrielle, he's 21. Say hi, Gabrielle. Here's a young man that is just recently, three months ago, three months ago. Turn around, let people see your lovely face. Hallelujah. Gabrielle is a new believer. If you will, a baby believer, like we all were and like some of us are. Just lift up your hands, Gabrielle. God wants to bless you. Holy Spirit, fall upon this young man. And let his heart beat faster for you, Jesus. And I pray you would give him a wisdom beyond his years. And I pray, God, what Gabriel lacks, you would give to him. What's lacking in the physical, you would give it to him in the spiritual and in the physical. Come, Holy Spirit, and let Gabriel know your favor. And I pray this week ahead, Gabriel, as you search for what you shared with me, you're searching for, that the Egyptians you meet would look at you and would give you favor. Gabriel, I pray gold and silver and clothing blessings into your life. So much so that you will never forget all the days of your life when God was so good to you. The blessings of God upon you now in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone who loved God said, Hallelujah, Amen. We're going to sing this song one more time. But I want to do one prayer before we go. And the prayer is very simple. When I was a child, we were read a story. Around the time my mother would put our faces in our hands, I remember she read us a story. And it was something about children in a garden. And there was a corner in the garden. And it was always winter. Anyone remember that story? And, and it was always snow. And it was always ice. And obviously, living here in Ireland, we can kind of identified with that a bit. But you know, at the end of the story, the sun shone and it melted the ice in the corner of the garden. For everyone down there, I know there's a corner in every human garden that's forever winter. But not only after the 1st of February in Ireland have we come into the spring, 
I believe spiritually God is saying, the winter is over. The spring is upon us. Hallelujah. Just like the song of Solomon, the spring is here. So I'm going to pray for every corner of every garden that is barren and frozen, that the warm breath of the Holy Spirit would breathe over that. You don't have to join in the prayer, that's okay. You're welcome to just journey with us. But if you do, I invite you to lift your hands. And I'm lifting my hand for that corner of my garden. God, you turn bones into armies and you turn deserts, deserts into oasis. Oh God, you turn nothing into something wonderful. For that part of our garden, Oh, breath of God. Oh, breath of God that breathed life into our ancestors. Would you breathe life into that part of our experience? Melt the ice, oh God, and the snow. And let the spring take hold in every area of our experience and of our future. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And for the last time, the people of God said... Let's sing to God as we go back to our seats and just take one more minute before we close. Sosha. You turn morning to dancing. Thank you for coming here. May God bless you and the people you love. And may his favor grant you favor with every Egyptian you meet this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.